1: The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA Ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.
0: I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have have spoken with each other and uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and both of them are keen to to, now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas he get such a f***ing <laughs> shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing <laughs> houses <just> for ten <laughs> years.
1: So we're going to do two football shows today, Keen and, Con- and Conan are here as usual. We're splitting out the Congress. Keen, you will be delighted with this. You're getting in, you're going to talk about football, and then you're getting the hell out of here. So you That's, the it be, <laughs> That's the way it should be, Wally. That's the way it should be. And I am also conscious of the fact that some listeners are not interested in that politics side of it and I don't really care about Congress and just kind of enjoy maybe the football side of it. So we're going to split the two podcasts out. So if this is the first podcast you're listening to, we will have another one, and Sean Kelly, former president of the GA, is coming up on that one. So keep your keep your eye out um, for the other podcast. It'll be out later on today as well. Right, Kerry are probably the big story coming out of the National League, and that they're four wins out of four. That's kind of uh, you know new management wondering what they're going to do going away to it was in Pierce Park it was actually Toome Stadium a heavy pitch and we know Galway aren't at full strength but at the same time it's a very impressive start under Peter Keane results wise
2: Oh yeah absolutely I mean four from four you know, And you
1: not at full strength either Yeah you can't, you can't You
2: you literally can't do Any better than four wins Out of four no, games No literally
1: <laughs> So, uh, so probably them.
2: one of the few times Literally has been used Properly <laughs> on this podcast um, Yeah and they've had They've had a number of injuries They're definitely not At, uh, at full strength uh, Particularly up front um, So they've They've tailored their approach uh, Maybe Maybe they would have been Playing that way anyway Even if they had all of their All of their forwards available But They've made themselves very difficult to beat. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure Peter Keane is absolutely delighted with the start. And I'm sure the group of players are also gaining confidence from from the wins they've been getting, particularly away from home.
1: Yeah, they're very aggressive in the tackle. Like, I mean, we we talked about that about Dublin, but it was the same against Galloway as well. But what was Tomas Flynn thinking? Lads, at that stage, Stephen O'Brien had nowhere to go. Like, he was like, I'm going to take on my man. It was Kearns who's been tormenting him all day. Little, Kearns is turning himself into a right little so and so, isn't he? Like, he, when he went after Tommy Walsh then as well. Like, Tommy Walsh is a big, gentle giant. Don't be trash talking Tommy Walsh. But, anyways, so he takes on Kearns along the sideline. And you know yourself, now, Keen, you wouldn't have taken Lads on down the sideline. Maybe, Colin, you would have. Nope. Well, I definitely would have. But, you know, like, you're running out of road. And you would have seen. Uh, Thomas Flynn coming across and you're like I'm gone here if I have to check back and O'Brien just blatantly stayed going and Flynn gave him exactly what he wanted he took a black card gave the free and O'Brien had nowhere to go like I mean it was stupidity of the highest order from Flynn yeah it was it was a tired, desperate tackle, is what I would Don't describe. Don't go in it near him instead. anyway. He was gone. He was. Re- it was a dead end. Yeah, Bro- Brian shouldn't have really kept going that on that occasion. Oh
2: no, he was going down. Yeah, he was heading. He was heading down a cul de sac. I mean, Flynn, even f- the angle he was at and Everton, he he kind of had nowhere to go, as you say. So Flynn just needed to make himself. You know, he had to just spread his arms out. You know, th- the size that he has, he should have been able to do enough to force O'Brien to take another play and that other play brings him basically over the end line or into the keeper's hands over the end or, line yeah, like, that's like, it yeah. You know, he had no angle to play so he dived in a bit foolishly but Conan as the resident defender now has to tell us what he thinks but well,
1: Conan's With wing forward he's a, he's a utility man a bit like a uh, forward and back like I mean dropping back ah he's a a better back (laughs) 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 but this this is the thing it's actually funny enough during Galway's uh, sin bin at the end of the first half Kerry scored 5 from play or 5 points unanswered and then when uh, Flynn went into the sin bin at the end they got 3 they got 8 they made hay when Galway didn't have that extra cover. Like, I mean, when you actually tried to put into context how stupid Flynn was, when Galway <laughs> yeah. had got themselves right, but Galway had gone one up at that stage, did they? Or gone? A, it was back
0: to a well, draw. I think it was
2: a draw match at that stage. Yeah. yeah,
0: after kind of a jammy kind of old goal. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I, I have no idea. I have no answer for you. I have no idea what he was thinking either. I just, as Keane said, it just seemed like lazy and tired, and it's like I want this play ended, and this was the best way to do it.
2: Well, I think it's it's one of those situations where spoken about it before when the defenders are facing their own goal chasing back and that's what even though O'Brien was <laughs> what I would say was running down a blind alley he did have Flynn chasing back towards his own goal and that just incites panic and defenders or guys that are not used to that are inclined to do daft stuff yeah. I, 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 like playing football over the years you always know if you get inside when, when you're getting close to goal I mean defenders are lunging at you they're doing it like there's it's so much easier to sell a defender a dummy when you're close to the goals, because they're just in complete panic, panic mode. mode. Particularly yeah. if they're if they're chasing back after you, you can nearly do whatever you wanted, and they they nearly jump over the fence trying to block a shot that you're dummying. Like, and it's obvious you're not shooting. Like, <laughs> yeah. So
1: but that, that's a, it's always an interesting one because in soccer, getting to the byline is always this huge thing because everyone's running <laughs> back like panicked. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. seen as this big scary thing. They're at the end line. It's only a cross made It's not too much difference. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they can't score
1: from there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they can't <laughs> score. They're just swinging it. Put your face in your goal and you're obviously panicking maybe that was it but I said, there was one, there was one uh, passage of play it was between 42 minutes to 44 minutes and I rewound it and I counted the passes so there was 22 passes from Kerry so they went from the right over to the left over to the right to the left then they got into the six yard box decided nothing on in here came back out went back over to the to the right under the stand and it ended with uh, Shane Enright kicking a bad uh, ball at the goals it curled I think it stayed in play but it was like Jesus Christ What kind of crap Like I mean t- To pay in money And see that Over back Over back And then a corner back yeah. And like we Are terrible for this This Sean Andy Calig Duane, Wynn All these lads Are taken off Up the field Randomly And taken all shape Off the game And that's what The defensive systems Kind of do To try to put an awful Kind of si- structure On the game and you find out you'll see off camera just your man win and he's sprinting off up and his man following him and then he's just taken completely out of the game it, it, just, it just makes for a terribly messy kind of kind
0: of game yeah I'd, I'd say Peter Keane was just angry at Shane Enright for shooting there and from where he shot from and like it's boring he had scored
1: a brilliant one in the first half so maybe
0: he was getting And I I know it's boring and sort of like it's hard to watch sometimes but like that's probably exactly what they wanted to do if Galway have everybody back let's try this channel if it doesn't work bring it back out and try this channel and don't do anything stupid yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's a modern game and Galway
1: didn't get a glove on them in that whole
0: in the whole phase of play yeah exactly look Kerry did what they had to do yeah Um,
2: in that particular situation, they ended up probably wrong player shooting from a difficult position. But it was kind of they'd kind of run out of ideas. But uh, at the same time, the right thing in that situation was from to come back out again and, and unfortunately <laughs> recycle it all the way back out probably to the halfway line and yeah. try and start again. You know, it's it's it is very difficult to watch it at times, particularly when it's on a heavy pitch and it's windy and ever, oh god, it's dire altogether. But players on the field have to make. Make the calculation pretty quickly and decide. You know they don't have a lot of time to make these decisions, and sometimes they make the wrong ones. And um, that one from Enright was the wrong one. But Kerry were, I suppose, doing the right thing in terms of having to be patient and work the, work the
1: scoring opportunity. They were. They were very patient. A um, couple of um, interesting marks. Shane Walsh caught a mark that was from a free and tried to stop and look at the referee <laughs> until the referee went, "Go on, you can't <laughs> mark that, mate." And Tommy Walsh, like this, is obviously a, a fault of the the new. Uh, mark In that the ball was kicked From the 45 And Tommy Walsh must have caught it Between the 45 and the 21 Like there's no way What's the distance 20 metres Like the, it's Yeah it's supposed to be 20
0: metres So yeah. unless
1: he was on the 21 Catching that It literally couldn't have been 20 metres He was like 10 metres away Caught it and got the mark And kicked it wide It was early in the game But I just remember Specifically seeing those two lines On the field and going That's nowhere near 20 But anyway That's not a big deal Sean O'Shea started the, started the game And finished the game Very disappointed I was talking on Thursday about how he could easily break down very soon and he seems to me like a player who would win a Sigerson cup and go home and have a, a can of coke or well he wouldn't drink coke no, might, he'd chamomile tea or something chamomile tea and he'd go to the <laughs> pool and have a recovery He doesn't foam see roll for an hour foam in. roll but like I mean that it's not the point even if you don't want to go out and drink you should definitely spend the night celebrating with your friends and maybe even the next day because Sigerson is such an important competition and it's such a bonding experience and a, an a, a experience where you make friends and I think having them to line out was wrong I think playing the full game was bloody wrong even though he played well especially in the first half until maybe the legs got a bit heavy but like I mean I'm disappointed with Peter Keane and I'll get him on the show I'm sure during the year and ask him why he he thought it was a good idea to give him that full you know that full uh, game on that one
0: yeah, even just sitting in the stands watching the game, he would have been fresh. Like you know, he just would have enjoyed sitting there watching it. Like if you had went up to the, it took the weekend off, even better. But you know, going along and not playing and just having that mental freshness more than anything. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really understand why he played.
2: Yeah, uh, you have to. I think if you're trying to say to look at it from both sides and say, okay, he's a very, very important player for Kerry. His form is really good. He's He's definitely ahead of all of the other guys he's playing against at the minute just by virtue of the fitness and all the games. So he should be sharper. Um, so y- you maybe try and take advantage of that. I personally think that it's it's sort of an accident waiting to happen because these guys get too much football. And even if physically they don't break down, which I think they, they eventually do anyway. Yeah, but it's a long year. It's a long year uh, mentally. And it's very hard to get yourself constantly up. You know, up to the pitch of it to be at the level and particularly Sean O'Shea is a bit of a machine in terms of just his his effort level around the field and he always seems to be fairly tuned in but there is a breaking point for everybody and look I suppose we're just saying it because we think he's a great player don't want to see you know you want to see him at the peak of his powers later on in the year rather than plodding around on a heavy pitch and chewing and playing a match that he probably didn't need to be playing
1: yeah I'm a, I'm strongly of that opinion you'd love to have seen it because it is a long year and even if he breaks what's, what's it he
2: actually played now is that, that's four games in two weeks anyway
1: and four, seven I think seven, seven in and four, three or four in, yeah, weeks yeah seven in about so four weeks That's like a I lot like, that like is a how lot how are the even medical team not saying to Peter, Peter Keane but look possi- you know, possi- possibly yeah. this is too much for this chap you'd, ha-
2: you'd have to look at and say maybe he's played seven games he mightn't have trained he mightn't have trained once yeah. I don't
1: know I know but the stiffness after it game like I mean he the one thing in his favour he's a student so students are practically professional players in that they'll get in and get into a jacuzzi or do whatever he needs to do to properly recover and professionals don't have any issues playing weekend midweek weekend midweek do you know what I mean So so like in that regard maybe he's okay because if he wasn't a student I'd be saying yeah, like to, me, can't to me, the
2: physical side of it, I, I would be less concerned about the physical rather than the, the mental side of it of just being actually physically worn out from playing too many games, just psychologically, that you can just lose the edge a
1: little bit. Yeah, no, not now, but yeah, that's fi- what I mean. Yeah, like down, later, the, line. Like down yeah. the line,
2: I think now he's probably in the thick of it. He probably was mad. He to loves play. it now, yeah. There, there, he's he's win- won a Sigerson, now they're four wins out of four. He's probably loving his football, he's mad for action. So I think that that sort of enthusiasm is great management sees that and thinks he's mad to play let's just play him but I think sometimes you have to maybe try and protect players from themselves I think because so That's you, have, you have to sometimes see the bigger picture yeah. but hopefully hopefully it works out for them because they're, he's a very likeable player
1: very likeable player top top class player top class um, Tyrone are back in the mix so to beat Monaghan at home they got out of jail against Common. Um, Monaghan are in bother now after beating Dublin in the first game Going to lose their next three like I mean and that's the one thing about Monaghan especially over any other county is the Cavan game isn't a gimme for them because they're local rivals and they hate each other and they, the last time Cavan were up in Division 1 Monaghan barely got over them I think by a point at home so like I mean Monaghan are in big trouble like I mean there's Monaghan Cavan and Roscommon, probably two of the three are going to go. So it is interesting. But you had a piece on the website, uh, Conan. So Monaghan got a black card. Do you know why stupidly? We'll talk about Mayo and Dublin in part two. I stupidly stayed watching the dullest game ever. And I didn't even think to flick over to the Monaghan
2: Throne <laughs> game. I just got yeah, cut. and Monaghan was actually probably the best game of, of the three we've yeah. spoken about so far. I just far, had yeah. this
1: Mayo double one built up in my head. And I continued to watch crap. <laughs> Instead of just flicking across, and it was only when it was too late by the time it flicked over. But, anyways, so Monaghan get a black card in the first half to bring everyone back behind the ball. This is just before half time. Tyrone refused to attack them for three minutes, and then the whistle blew for half time.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Was, um, yeah, the crowd were getting restless as well. Even the
1: it? Tyrone crowd are getting restless. Yeah,
0: and a flick to um, Mickey Hart and Stephen O'Neill. And Mickey Hart was sorry. he's not going to really instruct the players to go and attack because Monaghan had every single there's 14 players inside their own 45. And then Stephen O'Neill was standing behind Mickey Hurt shaking his head and gesturing to the pitch, like you know, because as if Turloner wants to talk about <laughs> this. Anyway. I know, but it like uh, they were sort of like this game's a farce now because of these tactics, sort of thing. Um and they just kept the ball yeah there was one stage that every single player was inside the Monaghan 65 so Niall Morgan had come up and they were all inside the 65 but there was no pressure on Tyrone either Monaghan were just waiting for them and then Tyrone actually got in anyway and had a shot from about 20 yards out And oh yeah McShane with a woe just evered yeah, up Isn't completely ballooned yeah? but that's the he panicked thing because he saw all these bodies around him and just hit it too fast but yeah they were happy just going back and forward and so I don't
1: know who to criticise there Would well, I wouldn't criticise
0: Monaghan like I mean Tyrone have the extra man
1: like I mean who, who's at fault there in that situation really or is anyone at fault or I this sin bin is thrown.
2: I don't think you, you can really blame anyone now
1: Monaghan, Monaghan
2: took, we've spoken about Monaghan did, did tried every trick in the book to waste time when they had the man down there was lads in the second half then there was an injury Kieran Duffy went down yeah. now harmless enough contact from Matty Donnelly he lay down for about six or seven minutes and wasted <laughs> the rest of the time so they, they had three or four minutes of their own uh, doing nothing with possession at the end of the first half and then the start of the second half there was maybe two phases of play and then Duffy got a, got a, a knock and stayed down for the rest of it and back on came the long okay. end man
1: uh, well they have to learn from this anyway it's anyways, farcical it's farcical well, I, the I, shot, I, the I, clock you're genuinely
2: stopped. getting to the situation where when a player gets injured he needs to be told get off the pitch Yeah, we're playing on without you Yeah, yeah. whether you're seriously injured or not get off the pitch we're yeah. not interested play has to go on
1: well that's a solution or else just li- literally the clock being stopped so that, like, it's not serving you any purpose by going down like I mean yeah. you're not winning at mm. anything the clock is stopped and then the. Re- I don't li- anyways I don't like the referee having all the control over extra time anyways mm. and because he'll always give a team a chance to, to draw it up and sometimes that can be nice as well like the hooter going off just as, a, as an equalising point is being kicked <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: just before it and the point goes over you'd nearly be saying jeez that hooters a load of shite <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a hard like with Tyrone what do you do Like they, they have an extra man so you're thinking right go and punish Monaghan but they don't want to lose the ball to them either and they want to counter attack Monaghan so Tyrone is three points up at the time do so they
1: want to counter attack there or are they just kind of backs to the wall let's just try and not let do them you know in though? It's, it's an
0: interesting one because Tyrone are winning
2: Tyrone are winning by three or four winning, points yeah. at the time so I mean there's no onus on Tyrone to to overly attack them. Tyrone were controlling the game. Now it's a bit extreme for Monaghan to, to stick everybody back but I, maybe they look at it and say well we were a man behind and we didn't concede a score. Uh, we conceded a shot from within the scoring zone that should have gone over the bar from McShane which it didn't happen but right. <laughs> look at it, it's just it's, uh, it's not a great spectacle. That's really all it, it comes back to. I think that on the pitch, Monaghan just came up with they had a clear plan they enacted it and Tyrone when they were faced with it didn't really engage with it they, they kind of stayed outside now well outside the screen I mean they were 20 yards they were at the halfway line and Managhan were inside the 45 What's happened
1: our game lads? Three lads game? passing it
2: around like it's It just
1: wouldn't have happened in my day It definitely no, wouldn't have happened I in my de- day We definitely would have we'd got have it out and lamped and we'd it in tr- <laughs> And we'd have tried to kick the ball over the bar and <laughs> win the game <laughs> um, Talking about Colin Boyle and wasting, wasting um, sin bin time Colin Boyle took the umpire out Jeez, I hope that umpire actually is okay He looked like he was completely knocked out and he was an elderly man as well so I hadn't, I'd never seen an umpire taken out like that before Is um,
0: a Derry umpire? Yeah Derry put up a dairy picture of him okay? that night, yeah, and he said Tom's grand and had his thumbs up in the changing room. He looked a bit shaken up now, in fairness. Could but, um, get a cup of tea into you, Tom, there, yeah. and maybe a pint of Guinness. Very nice fellow as well. So it was, it was tough to see him getting such a Yeah, whack.
1: it was, actually, and it, it went down to him and he wasn't a move out of him. Mm. I was thinking, like, geez, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Your yeah. mind starts wondering. But anyways, like, I mean, the Keegan sin bin, what a stupid thing for Lee Keegan to do. He knows better than that. You don't get away with stuff like that. I remember doing that in an under-21 All-Ireland final before and thinking I was being smart and getting a yellow card early and it's just kind of rattling me like I mean it's stupid you don't get away with that it's, it's obvious what you're doing Like, and you try to act Put innocent <laughs> and very rarely you see a player doing that and actually getting away with it you, you don't get away with it and it's a clear black and Keegan... Was just you know he was stupid. the Seamus O'Shea Black or er, Sin Bin didn't look like a Sin Bin to I d- me at all. Yeah, he looked like he was falling down. Really, down really harsh. I think Fenton gave got hit that for him by getting frustrated, and he was doing a bit of trash talking with Aiden throughout the game, which is unlike Fenton.
2: Well, I think uh, yeah, I can see what happened there because Aiden O'Shea gave him a right belt and decided side of the yeah, head at, the start, at the, the start of the game. Fenton, the Fenton didn't like it, and uh, Fenton got a got a nice bit of energy every time Aiden O'Shea got the ball after that. I, yeah, I think that's fair enough. It's good. it's good to see stuff like that. Oh, at it times. is.
1: It is because. Fenton has that kind of like you don't get to the level Fenton's at without being a fierce competitor he didn't like that he got that now Fenton then dispossessed Aiden O'Shea with one of the best textbook tackles you'll ever see that's terrible when that's blown that's exactly what you teach now he was from behind but he put no contact on Aiden O'Shea's back flicked the ball away which you're told to do as a child, and it was blown a free against him. The other end, I think Donoghade and O'Shea even got a free against him when he, clo- he, he, tried, he tried to do the same thing Fenton did, went too high, yeah. and ended up punching <laughs> Fenton <laughs> across yeah. the I don't think
2: that was even a free. No, I think Fenton had been given a free from before he was sort of pulled back uh, by Rouan, the midfielder, and just at the end of it, then he got a, he got a clatter from yeah. O'Shea, so it was a kind of a double whammy for yeah. him.
1: Yeah, and they're terrible rattles too because you're totally not expecting them. Say, like if you're in a row, you might be tensed up a little bit, or, but when you're completely relaxed and suddenly you just you get this dunt in the side of the jaw it's a terrible shock to your system isn't it like I mean you're totally rattled anyways I didn't get too many of them um <laughs> you were too quick day. Wally you were too, too quick. quick the Black Death roll on lads when are we going to give the Black Death Formana, <laughs> some credit so now it's the two favourites to get out of Division 2 have been uh, taken apart at home by Fermanagh Calder last week and now uh, coming back from 9-2 down against Donegal. Donegal down to 14 men. There's a lot of men. Carlo down to 12 men against Offaly. Might mention that in a while. There just seems to be Roscommon, Nulton Harney sent off. There seems to be... It's because of the sin bin down to 14 men,
0: sounds, you know, what it, but it just, yeah. it, there's black cards all over the place happening in these games. It sounds better for those teams when they lose and then the report says 12 man Carlo <laughs> lose, you know, as if that was the reason. Two of them it. were sendings off actually, one was a black. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Like maybe referees are just being told to calm down on things a bit more, like, and you would see some of the decisions over the weekend, you're like, as we're talking here, like that, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? And they do seem a bit more trigger happy. The referees. I don't. I didn't see the Carlo sending off, but it does. When you see twelve man, it sparks of fucking indiscipline. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Especially when two were two were reds. But like, I mean, Donegal
1: have only won twice in fifteen attempts at O'Donnell Park. Like, it's not a weird how these records work. Like, I mean, do you know you just don't have a good record there? They're nine two up. This game should be over. Um, oh no they outscored the Fermanagh outscored Donegal 9-2 in the second half sorry my fault but Donegal obviously were were well ahead in the first half and it's just weird how these records I, I just, and obviously Rory Gallagher over his former team mm. who uh, his father got abuse on the sideline who ended up didn't get abuse on the sideline I'm sure the truth is somewhere kind of halfway along there and, and Gallagher ended up leaving so I'd say he got a lot of satisfaction in beating Donegal look through the Donegal team it's nowhere like it's no. still a shell of a Donegal team but their, their promotion hopes are in big trouble now Donegal's yeah, imagine well, for Man in Division 1. Imagine how extremely defensive they'll go in there. If they think, well, we don't have the resources for Division 2. Uh, we play defensive in Division 3. I wonder if maybe Division 4 they might go out to try and win the game. But uh, they have been winning the games actually.
2: They're, they're, they're winning them. Uh, oh god, yeah, Donegal are in massive trouble. Uh, they, they have a huge huge game now against Armagh next weekend. Yeah. And interestingly, like home. yeah, home they're home to Armagh next weekend and in the final league game they're home to Kildare. I uh, on the basis of what we've seen... They're not going back up. They're, they're not going back up because they'd have to win both of them and away to Cork. Okay, So you'd, you'd fancy them to win away to Cork, obviously. But yeah, to, to beat Kildare and Armagh at home is a big, big ask because Armagh had a good win at the weekend. Confidence will be high for them going next weekend. That's a huge, huge game. And basically, whoever loses next weekend between Armagh and Donegal is gone out of, out of the promotion race and very much in the relegation race, as Division 2 always is. Yeah. Uh, Fifth round is very very important and um, yeah, really really interesting because there's still <coughs> I'd I'd rule out Claire Tip Claire and Tip at this point in terms of the promotion race, but you have Donegal, Armagh, for Man and Mead all still very much in the hunt.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm um, mentioning Armagh next week, Geezer has been given a four week ban, so he's going to miss two games. So it's understood that he's accepted his a punish- his punishment. So we know, like, this is obviously an issue for McGeaney on the sideline. He has a bit of a persecution complex. He thinks the referees are out to get him. Like, I mean, you know from listening to him that he has that. So last year, he had a 12-week ban for an altercation with the linesman. So I can't, what was that linesman's name? Joe McQuillan. Well, McQuillan, yeah, yeah McQuillan. Um, so he was sitting in the stands for a good bit of that. So he was only able to come down... For when our man beat Tipperary, he's only able to go down and meet his players in the dressing room after the game, so like that's not ideal, and it's definitely something he needs to calm down on. Like, I mean, without going into the old statement that every manager since you were eight tells you the referee'll never change his mind like geezer needs to understand that though like i mean he can't keep losing his mind losing his head at at linesmen like i mean yeah. it's just unacceptable really
2: yeah well i think he needs to uh get a lend of Mario Balotelli's t-shirt that he wore when he remembered the Why all was oh, yeah. me i think he just <laughs> needs to wear that under his gear the whole time because yeah look as you say he does have a bit of a persecution complex and um yeah, it's not good. Like if you're if you're managing a team, you you can't be picking up these bands, you're no use to your team then. And if you're getting involved with officials, um I don't know you're not really concentrating on the game I yeah say.
1: exactly now I did mention Fermanagh beat Donegal at home and we haven't had one I threw it to you and you talked about everything rather than give Fermanagh a little bit of credit well
0: I actually was going to say um, <laughs> I don't think you wanted to give Fermanagh credit no. I'm uh, going to give them credit
2: because they, they have the best defensive record of it in all four divisions only yeah. conceded 35 points in four matches that's very impressive Wow!
0: and in the top three divisions only two teams are undefeated and that's Kerry and Fermanagh like they're undefeated playing this way so they're probably have their chests out now thinking what they're doing is genius so two fingers up to this podcast really <laughs> isn't it <laughs> just to <a> you one <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carlo are second from bottom in three so at least there, there's <laughs> one, of them, one <laughs> of them I would have them down as two of the more defensive uh, teams so I have this down this is another 100 club lads because I was given out about the 100 league 100 performance club and lads tweeting about it on a recent show and I was like when did this ever become something so this is another 100 club so the Kildara Times tweeted this out and I think Jeremy McNally first had this stat um, historic moment. There is Neil Flynn has just scored the fastest hundred points for Kildare footballers. He's reached a hundred in just twenty three appearances in league and championship. It's a record that stood for over fifty years and will take some beating. I'll take that hundred club. Like that's I mean, that's club. impressive. It's a good club to be in, and he's well, he's on the freeze, obviously, which is a big thing. But still, a hundred points in twenty three matches. You're averaging five a game. It's yeah, it's a good going. It's very good going from another uh, free taker. Um, yeah, so Carlo lost by three points. We've already covered that. Louder the big one. Um or Carlo lost with uh, only twelve men. Loud are top of division five lads after putting five plus Sligo, they put three pass leash in the first half alone. So Wayne Cairns is their new is their new football manager. He came up from the minors. He got the minors to the Leinster final. Now they got hammered by Dublin. It was in two thousand and seventeen but like it was an internal like all the the fashion now is to get an outside manager this was an internal one coming up from the minors I was tipping loud to go down they lost at home to Longford in the first round like all kind of without being knowing the local scene in loud you're thinking these ain't going great three very impressive wins since then and now they're top of Division 3 with the, the And now I want to talk to Wayne Cairns <laughs> See what he's all about
2: Yeah well I actually heard him uh, On a on a panel interview on the radio And he was uh, He's quite an interesting guy So I'd say he'd really? be quite interesting In terms of uh, his coaching philosophy And whatnot. Um,
1: did he, w- did quite he talk about his coaching philosophy? Yeah he did And he's quite, quite
2: a pragmatic sort of a fella In terms of He wants his teams to be able to compete it's it's not all about trying to play a certain brand of football. So I take well,
0: will lose interest here. No, no. Make of that it what it you will. <laughs> you see. took that one way. I took it the other <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> we, did,
2: we took it. <laughs> make, make of that what you will, Wally. I, I think you I think you'd be a great man to draw that out of him. <laughs> okay. So I look I look forward to hearing it.
1: Wayne Cairns next Thursday. i have heard it here first. We'll have to try and uh, locate his number. Right, last one is Leitrim are still rising, lads. So they're one four, and this is an interesting stat. Sean McGoldrick. Um, had this so Terry Highland he says appears to have taught Leitrim how to win tight matches they have come from behind at, or they've been behind at half time in all four games and three of the four wins have come via injury time scores that's,
0: right. that's
1: an incredible stat now to turn like this is crunch time in matches that Leitrim now I don't know how you fix that or how you like is this an anomaly or like I mean it's just a coincidence that they're battling from behind which would not be a trait of Leitrim uh, it's that confidence to know and then to be scoring injury time winners like I mean I don't know I just w- was very shocked at that like I mean that's a serious well m- it's
2: look it's fitness and it's composure that's you know get, grinding out results like that is about physically being able to do it right until belief. the end of the game keeping your tempo high and yeah making making the right decisions and seeing it through execution and decision making along with fitness Um but yeah there's a lot of work goes into that behind the scenes that's in terms what I'm saying. of on the training field and talking about things near the end of the game and reassuring your players that when you're behind it doesn't matter you can still get something out of the game you have to keep going keep going you know so that, that's a, a massive thing for Leitrim and, and it shows great character in the I group I would
1: say that that's not an easily taught thing to a team who consistently in Division 4 and consistently loo- you know what I mean mm. loses you know that's difficult
0: yeah and this it sort of reinforces the idea that yeah, it's not like they're pissing through Division 4 and this is you know too easy for them it's like they are still competing at their level but they're winning games against teams who are at their level which makes it all the more impressive Like you know, we're not talking about Derry winning 4 games from 4 we're talking about Leitrim coming from behind and getting the scores in the last minute against teams who could be beating them on another day but they're not because of good coaching and good composure yeah
1: interesting stuff so Leitrim is still rising Carlo looks to be falling so they're the two uh, we've given Leitrim the, the rising hashtag this year right okay we'll be back and we'll talk about Dublin and Mayo
2: If you, <laughs> if you if you wouldn't mind if you wouldn't mind joining us <laughs> didn't even start like didn't even go for the back took his line took his extra five minutes it was like it was like the snooze button hit this hit the snooze button for another five minutes rolled out of bed one seven that day
1: Okay, so Dublin won twelve. Mayo seven points. Um, Mayo scored three from play. Their starting six forwards scored three points between them. Um, the stats on the wise was that they had fourteen wides. Now I wouldn't even some of those wides shouldn't have even been taken on. Anyways, they weren't even wides that you'd say you know were were bad wides. They were just pot shot. They were stupid shots. Like I mean, this was there's no point in over emphasising this because we have to take it into the context it's only the league Um, Mayo have been hammered in the league by Dublin before and have continued on uh, to perform very well against them in Croke Park we're taking all that into context but we know Mayo are targeting this league we know that they're looking to move well we know they wanted to write the bad record they had against Dublin Mayo were simply deplorable terrible terrible terrible
2: yeah it was an absolutely horrendous performance really for Mayo by their standards it was just desperately poor spoke earlier about the Lee Keegan black card that to me just sums up the evening for them it's just bad decisions doing the wrong thing and just doing it consistently over the whole game even if you go through all of their players that played the match practically none of them came out of the game with any great degree really, of no. credit um, Fionn McDonough at wing forward did okay ran around a lot did okay
1: battled hard yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey beat yeah. him though like.
2: of course yeah. Ruan midfield Ruan. got on a bit of ball and you know tried his best You know, they all tried their best not, nothing to do with that Rob Henley uh, was good in goals but aside from that like all of the rest of our players you'd say didn't perform to their level that you'd usually expect from them like Harrison and Higgins got a bit of a chase and the full back line uh, Paddy Durkin was taken off at half time I don't know well, whether he was injured. injured or not but he, was yeah, injured, but he yeah. wasn't doing well anyway up to that point Um so it just just didn't happen for them anywhere across the field Aidan O'Shea did okay in about the first 5 or 10 minutes and then just disappeared out of the game completely um, Andy really? Moran had a poor game Yeah, wasn't in it Doherty started okay but then faded look they just didn't they just didn't really have any platform in the game where they looked like they could hurt Dublin at all yeah they were carrying
1: the ball too much yeah soloing, and, soloing yeah. and hopping and you don't can't beat Dublin soloing and hopping because they're only going to track your runners they're f- probably well Mayo can put it up to them physically but they're tracking your runners and before you know it you're at the Dublin 45 Dublin of 12 players inside it and there you go and Mayo used the kicking game so well against Tyrone but against Dublin the kicking game was non-existent other than a few desperation ones into Andy Moran or Doherty got one or two they seemed to have no link man between the defence yeah, and they the could, full they, forward they line couldn't get up far enough couldn't up get up far like, enough so they ended up carrying it and Dublin are tracking the runs and then they get up to that far in the field and they ran out of completely ran out of ideas when they got up there like I mean the running game doesn't work again and maybe this is a, the game has changed since since Horan was over them last but look remember Lee Keegan's goals against Dublin the finals running without the ball coming on at pace onto the ball you're not so, he's not soloing the ball up the field yeah. that will not work against Dublin I thought Mayo had fallen back into that Vaughan going up uh, Boyle Keegan soloing up the field you're only slowing everything down against Dublin Dublin are laughing at that
2: yeah, oh, it's, it's playing exactly into Dublin's hands because Dublin will, will run with you they'll take the ball off you and then they'll saunter up the field and get their scores and they actually want you to overcommit as well because then they can kick it into that open space yeah. where they have serious pace up it's
1: front p- that's the difference because Mannion yeah. will always be out in front for, that, for those balls yeah. they left three in there more on Daugherty and Reap they're not getting out in front no. and the Dublin full forward lines marking you full back lines marking you from the front yeah, they, so you've no, you no target that's it
2: exactly that the Dublin backs in the full back line particularly can't afford to mark from in front because the ball is coming from too far away yeah. and it's coming too slow um, that's where they need it a lot more from their half forward line but uh, it's kind of chicken and egg because the, you know when Mayo would turn over possession so badly and then they're all Dublin don't give it back to you easily so you have to bring bodies back to chase runners and support runners so then if you do turn it over it's very rare that you have players that you can hit with that kick pass so it's sort of you you have to have maybe a couple of guys that are designated to hold up but you need to have pace if you have four players up front against Dublin or three you have to have pace And yet, like most of the time, it was Aidan O'Shea, Andy Moore, Brian Reap, and Doherty. Doherty is the only player there with any real pace. Yeah. And he wasn't even, he probably needed to be the one in the half forward line, maybe further out to do the first link. And then maybe they should have tried to use Aidan O'Shea closer to goal.
1: O'Shea was dropping dropping too deep. He was. Now, I thought Michael Meehan uh, drew attention to this in the first 10 minutes very well. So he said off camera. Um, that I think Andy Mourne or somebody had the ball and he says Aidan O'Shea has drifted to the back post but he wasn't picked out and then three or four minutes later the play developed and Andy Mourne got the ball under the Cusick side and gave a diagonal ball to Aidan O'Shea who had drifted to the far post yes. and I was thinking Jesus this is a great because Kildare used this with Kevin Feely a lot where he drifts in mm. as the play develops and I was thinking right so Aidan O'Shea is starting centre forward Um when the ball goes into Moran, he's just drifting on into the edge of the square. So he, an actual effect when Mayo are defending he's playing centre forward, when they're attacking he's, he's going into the full forward and I was thinking this would be a great way to negate a sweeper and keep Dublin guessing. It happened twice and that was it. <laughs> so I think, you know what I mean, it wasn't even a tactic which I was really disappointed about and Aiden O'Shea ended up just, because Keno Sullivan's marking you and I've marked him and he's... Aidan O'Shea was just dropping back looking for handy hand passes because yeah, he didn't he want to didn't win want hard to ball because he couldn't, couldn't get past it, Keane yeah. Sullivan. And then when your centre half forward is dropping that deep looking for the cheap ball, there's that huge disconnect there. It, yeah. What Aidan O'Shea really should have been doing is holding that 45 and trying to win ball further up the field. You know what I mean? And winning all, cause they're hard balls oh, to win. Yeah. There's no, there, you're not, It's no picnic there.
2: No, absolutely. We've spoken about it so many times before. You can you can drop back into your own half back line as a as a forward and get a number of possessions and sometimes yeah. you just need to do that to get your hands on the ball oh, if which you have, is okay which once is, or twice Yeah, which is okay at times or sometimes you just need to take the ball off a certain lad because you don't know what he's going to do with <laughs> it but most of the time what the team actually needs is players further up the pitch to give that provide that attacking option that you can kick you can yeah. transfer the ball that bit quicker because yeah. when you don't have that your, enti- your entire attack is completely blunted because you have no territory you just have no territory. And that that's what happened, Mayo. That's why Mayo were taking these pot shots. And they were pot shots from just inside the forty five, at the forty five, or lad, like who was it came forward? Boyle in the first half coming through, he broke the line. He's trying to kick a kick a shot with his left foot, yeah. running away from the goals, under a bit of pressure, at full tilt. Never going to, like it's a miracle. It would have been a one in yeah. a hundred. And that was shot, down bro. as
1: a wide, you see. It's not a wide, yeah, it's exactly. just a stupid so, decision yeah. to shoot from the down. like
2: of Brian Reap there probably skied two or three balls because again look it's his first game at that real level against Dublin Crow Park so you give him a bit of leeway and say okay he'll, he should learn and progress from that he was snatching at it he was under more pressure than he's used to um, and he's trying to force the thing because they haven't had many opportunities to even get a sight at goal never mind get a decent opportunity so as soon as you get a half a chance you're trying to pull the trigger and yeah. it just doesn't work out for you
1: but that's it without a kicking game you're gone against Dublin. And we keep trying to emphasise that, that like Dublin have gone very defensive and there'll be 12 back There'll 12 be back. Now, I used to say that Dublin like to... Like, their full forward line won't come back unless they're chasing somebody. Like, what, what Dublin what Dublin do... And you can see, because like teams like Galway and this, they attack from everywhere. So, like, the Dublin full forward line will actually drop goal sides and face their man. So, like, you're no way you're getting a jump on me here because they want to get a jump on you and create that extra man. You know what I mean? So, Dublin are absolutely defensively solid and I say it's come from conversations over and over again well he's just taken off well then stand Gold side of him stop him early stop him early don't let him block his run it'll be off the ball anyways and you've got five yards on him when he decides to run that you're not getting caught you know you're not getting caught cold
2: well well, I can remember uh, the one of the years before we played Dublin and it used to be a thing that used to hurt us was that the Dublin corner backs would just bomb forward and I was thinking to myself like what are we supposed to do here because we either end up in our own defence for the whole game, chasing back after them, or we try and keep a bit of shape. And I remember us in the week leading up to that game, um, basically just just planning exactly as you're saying. That as as a corner forward, I, I remember doing drills where we'd it'd start on the on the end line, and the cornerbacks had have to get out had to get, had to get out past the twenty one, and we could do whatever we wanted to stop them getting out past that twenty one. Right. It was just lads, get yourselves tuned in. This is what it's going to be. I was I was booked after about two minutes for. Basically, a Dublin corner back. Fl- I think it was Alan Hubbard flicked the ball over my head and went to run again. I just buried him, <laughs> and I was like, "There's no way." Like, and it's sort of we didn't win the game, but it didn't matter. You kind of were setting a certain You were prepared
1: tone. for a Yes, you okay. were
2: prepared for it. So I think that that's the sort of mentality that Dublin have is that all their forwards are setting themselves up that exactly as you say, I'm not going to get caught wrong side and have, and have to chase this guy. Whereas yeah. if he goes to make a run and I put my hand in his chest or I stop him, if I do that two or three times. Is he going to make four runs just to get out past me? To make this aimless run forward? Maybe he will, but I'm going to make it difficult for him. So it's just that competitiveness all over the field, whereas most of the teams are just, their forwards are not as tuned in as that. They switch off for that split second, and all of a sudden they're their man has gone off up the field and they're chasing after them which takes up more energy than if you're just checking a guy running with him
1: yeah that's the thing and like obviously because the Mayo half back line is running carrying the ball then you have Scully you have Howard or who was who on the the half forward line Conor Callahan? no he was in the full forward line who was the, oh, Kilkenny whoever was there they end up tracking them and then they're inside and the two midfielders are inside you're not getting through Dublin when they've that many no. men back so you're actually shooting yourself in the foot that ball is moved through the through the foot a lot of the time and you can remember keen if you played in the half forward line if the ball was kicked forward and you were you were a forward and you're supposed to be kind of tracking back but it's gone on that far down you might go oh well I won't really have to go back tracking that's gone I'll never catch up on that so you could have a situation where Brian Howard and Scully see a a good kick pass going down the field and going. Oh well, I don't really need to get back now because that's gone well. You know what I mean? That's gone well there and my man's not following it. So the two of us, he doesn't seem to be running, and it's a good kick pass down there. I might just kind of stay trotting around, and then Dublin don't have all those men inside there. Do you know? The kick pass is vital. We've said it with Tyrone. We've said it with how many teams to play against Dublin. You'll have nothing against Dublin without a, if you don't have a good kicking game. Like it, you won't. And Kerry can prove it. Look at all the long balls they give in. You saw none of them from Mayo. And they did no she. Like Kerry showed us some example and Leash did in Leinster final last year. There's potential weaknesses in there. What did we see from Mayo with, with regard what we saw Kerry doing? Kerry just launched about five high balls down there in the first half. Let's see what happens. Mayo have Aidan O'Shea that could potentially be causing well, I, well, I, maybe put one or well, two no, and in I there think,
2: I think if you right taking into running the ball yeah but taking into account that Mayo lost the game and underperformed right and from early on in that game it was fairly obvious that they were going to be beaten to be honest um, I just think that this, this issue that you have of constantly running the ball it's never going to be effective uh, particularly not against Dublin because you're not going to outrun Dublin no, We're just not going to do it No, and so what they needed to do was try and mix it up a little bit and even if that means you don't play your, th- this percentage keep possession poxy hand pass game and then run it and then lose it anyway you might as well get the ball to a certain point and bomb the ball in towards the danger zone with players around it get bodies in there like if you had Reap, Andy Moran Aidan O'Shea two or three guys up there I mean, the ball—if the ball is going in and they're competing hard for it, it's not going to be a clean catch. Which means the ball is landing. It's a break-breaking yeah. ball situation in the danger zone.
1: And you want to say we sure, yeah. want a minimum of four of them in either half. Yeah. And let's see what we get off them. Like it's not the like again. You're only losing it in the other man and the other team's full forward, full back line. You're. N- it's not oh, a high risk strategy. In, in almost all the Get them
2: the ga- up there. In almost all the games I've watched this year the goal opportunities have come from either a mishit shot, a shot that doesn't get to the goals or a sort of an aimless punt in there. It's never from it's never from what you'd call good attacking play. No. It's just the ball getting in there. Galway's goal yesterday. Yeah. Sure, that was a, a shot for a point shot. that dropped in the square and was competed for? Yeah. If he doesn't take that shot on and bloody hand passes the ball back, Galway lose the game anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So like anything pointless. Is, it's like just, they're just they're all. all afraid. The players seem to be afraid. They're totally... I don't know whether it's just that they're totally brainwashed that possession is everything it's not getting scores on the board is everything and the more often you get the ball into the danger zone and allow your forwards even to compete for the ball I mean Mayo Mayo weren't able to break the line by running so the ball had to be kicked so it had to go in
1: there So here's my point you've Aidan O'Shea maybe in there drifting in there you've Andy Moore and you've Reap right? you get a a good early ball in there now before Dublin are set with a defensive screen you'd say that's a 50-50 chance of maybe winning the break off that if Dublin have 12 inside the 45 what are the stats on getting through them there they scored 3 from playing the whole game yeah. well like I know where I know which numbers I'm taking and this is when you're the underdog I'll take a 50-50 when you're the underdog any day of the week, mm. like fifty-fifty, really is fairy tale stuff for an underdog
0: because they're not supposed to get fifty-fifty on anything. But the fact that they didn't kick it initially, coming out of defence, meant they never had that opportunity. No, no. So they were never in the half-forward line ready to kick it in with yeah. yeah. three but, but on it, three. But
2: even still, even if it's not three on three, what always happens anyway is that the screen is always set up around the forty-five-meter line anyway. So there's ample space for the ball to be landed over in that. There. To, to drop into that now
1: and with the offensive mark it's unforgivable because the whole idea behind offensive mark is instead of being outside that screen there is that option of going over the screen and having a good fetch and the screen being irrelevant
2: yeah well look we all accept the fact that when the ball goes in there it's a uh you know, you're not giving yourself a 90% chance of retaining possession, but it's not about retaining possession. It's about trying to create danger in the opposition zone. Like, that's there what people go. are forgetting about. Yeah, it's not are. about ball retention. Sure, if you wanted ball retention, you wouldn't take a shot, would you? You'd never <laughs> score, and you <it'd laughs> <be> fucking nil <nil-nil>. nil. <laughs> yeah, like, it's true. you have to get the ball into the at danger o- at zone. At what
1: point do you go from ball retention to attacking? And attacking comes with risks, right? Of maybe right. losing the ball. <laughs> Like it really is incredible where the way it's gone, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Well, it's considered good play now to to just continually pass the ball to your teammate five yards sideways backwards. But you you can't score if you're passing the ball backwards. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just beyond belief. There are times when you have to work it, and you're trying to create a, a space to pop the ball into or to to break the line. But when you're playing against a team and you know you cannot break the line by carrying the ball, no matter how many times you recycle the ball over and back and left and right, you have to try and get the ball into the danger zone and create a contest for possession whereby when the ball hits the ground, it's a breaking ball scenario. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Dublin player, a Mayo player, a Carlo player, a Leitrim player, or a Mead player, a Leith player, everybody has the chance of winning that breaking ball when it hits the ground by just going in for it and being aggressive on it. You win it in there. You should be able to get a shot off straight away, and it's a score. Or you're going to be fouled. Or you lose possession, but you're losing it high up up the field, and you can immediately get pressure on the ball because you have players in there.
1: That's the other thing for it. Like if you do lose it in that full back line, you've got that full court press in there. Do you know what I mean? That's all in but there. But the opposition have to go the full length of the field as yeah. well. I mean, it's yeah. worse. It's it's. I just don't know why. Like I mean, I don't want to be here saying that we're you know encouraging aimless balls in. But we almost are here not aimless when the running game isn't working when you yeah, can't when it, when break the yeah. line when, you, when exactly. it's fairly
2: obvious you can't break you're playing fucking Dublin like yeah. they have 8 men across
1: like you're not you, breaking you through. don't get through them they're getting a hand on they're so strong Like when Dublin are at that 12 back just get it in take your chances and set up for and now and they
2: have a weakness in
1: the air in their full back line. like it's, it's mind boggling <laughs> that this is not being and Kerry, Kerry showed it and got a goal off it in the first half Kerry showed that getting these in there causes a bit of panic in there mmm I can't understand how James Horan wouldn't have targeted that the the as well
2: the, or the other thing it goes over if the ball lands in the square the Dublin halfbacks and players in that defensive zone if they're tuned in they're again running back towards their own goal to a breaking ball And we ball.
1: know what happens there But they, they can't see the man <laughs> If
2: you're trying to mark a man you can't mark a man who's who's running off your shoulder when you have your eyes on the ball running back yeah. running back in towards your own goal So yeah. therefore all these checked runs like say Jack McCaffrey and front McDonald's he's checking his run and he has him and he has him tagged Ball goes over Jack McCaffrey's head, and he has to turn and run back towards his own goal. He doesn't know where Phil McDonough is.
1: No, Andy Moore. Somebody wins it inside. I throw it back out to him. Yeah, yeah, it does. It it definitely mixes
0: it up a bit because it just lo- the whole match was Groundhog Day. It was like, oh, yeah,
1: Mayo aren't getting through
0: here. <laughs> and that also takes away Dublin's biggest strength. Dublin wants actually everybody in the in the world wants to turn the ball over on the forty-five. And then they go on attacking and, and breaking, yeah. and where they have eight players and they just that's the them. optimal like, area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so exactly. you're negating that when you kick it in. Like, yeah, you know, the risk of that. That's and where they want to turn it over. They don't care. Like you, you don't, you shouldn't care if they get it five yards out.
1: Yeah, and we saw Galway a lot yesterday with Kerry. The majority of their defending players are all around forty-five. There was that gap over that. Um, you know, maybe for a ball to Tommy Walsh to gave one to Gavin O'Brien once as well, it went a bit too far. But at least Ke- Kerry looked to at least be a little bit aware yeah, of well, this. Look, the
2: thing is, it's difficult kicking the ball is the, is is one. Of the, it's the main skill in Gaelic football, but it's the hard it's the hardest skill. So therefore, it's not always going to be perfect. So sometimes it won't work out. But the reality is. If you're if this is a plan, if your inside forwards know that it's coming as well, they're going to be under they've a much better chance of winning it. If it's a last resort and it's just lurried up in the air and it's pointless, yeah, maybe something comes of it, but most of the time not. But if your forwards are alert and they know, okay it's not working here they can't break through the line it's going to be it's one pop back and then it's coming Diagre they're, ball, on, they're yeah. on the front foot they're yeah. going to win that ball probably 8 or 9 times out of 10 because they know it's coming the defender doesn't
1: yeah no exactly um, so it was Fionn McDonough just f- to finish up two two more things Fionn McDonough, so scored a great point from play and all it did was piss Jack McCaffrey off because Jack McCaffrey went up got fouled then should have scored a goal and then scored a brilliant point from play it was like here don't dear young boy and then Phil McDonough showed a little bit of inexperience tried to take Jack on for, for pace under the the Cusick stand and uh, well like that was only going to end up one way Jack burnt, caught up with him for pace and dived on the ground and knocked it away like I mean so Phil, I'd say Phil McDonough will learn a lot um, probably from that that uh, experience last thing is Colin O'Rourke who said last night I just saw a headline of this I, I w- just watched the hurling on League Sunday last night so he said Keith Higgins is not really a good man marker so there was some people complaining about this saying that he wasn't now I can see where Colin O'Rourke coming from a lot of this is to do with perception in my opinion now Keith Higgins is just too good a footballer to be a man marker so he's not seen as a good man marker whereas if Keith Higgins just marked his man and didn't really wasn't as good outside of it I think it does not it does definitely influence people's perception of him being a man marker when there's so much more to his game than that now having said that Alan Brogan always liked marking him yeah, and told me he liked marking him so I, I do think there's something to it that I don't think Higgins is that sticky and g- if you have that flair about you I don't think it's in your DNA to be as sticky as what you need to be if you're a uh, if you're one of the doggers.
2: Yeah, well, I think I think the point that he's making there is that he's at times he's not that tight of a marker and he gets caught ball watching. And I would have to agree with that. I think what what Higgins does is he's one of these lads who who has. I think he's basically got a reputation as being a as being a top-class man-marker because of one performance against James O'Donoghue in 2014.
1: Well, did O'Donoghue not roast him in Croker?
2: Exactly, he did. But he's getting it on the basis of the replay where he blocked him down a couple of times.
1: Right. But James O'Donoghue <laughs> won...
2: It. Do you know what I mean? But but James O'Donoghue won a side ball out in front of him. Um, it was just one of those days where they're a good matchup for each other. James O'Donoghue doesn't... Like, James O'Donoghue's a very straightforward player. He, he basically puts the ball under his arm and runs. And Higgins has the pace to stay with him. Right. Like he doesn't have. He, he's not a player who jinks and does sidesteps in front. Yet, like, a la what uh, what um, what Costello did at the weekend, where he jinked him a couple of times and went by him. We, I played against. Um, we played against Mayo in all Ireland quarter final, I think, one year, and Higgins got uh, a roasting off David Bray, who scored about one five off him, and that was David Bray's first season at inter county level. So it's just about matchups. I wouldn't have considered Keith Higgins to be a fantastic man marker after that game. Yeah, um, but I've seen him put in magnificent performances. No doubt he's a brilliant footballer. But yeah. I think if you matched him up, like he's never put on McManus, is he? It's probably always Harrison who's put on McManus.
1: Well, Harrison was put on Manion Yeah, I don't think Mayo think he's their best man marker. So, like, I'm well, a, uh, if you if you
2: think about it over the years, like they've brought Lee Keegan th- back into Mark guys. So, like, I think there's there's matchups that suit certain players and maybe the the like of Acostolo isn't exactly a perfect match for somebody like Higgins because he's a sort of elusive type of a player and I think when Higgins gets stood up in a one-on-one situation if it's a guy who's fairly straightforward and is going to try and outrun him Higgins has the pace to stay with him and he's got quick hands he's brilliant on his feet so he's going to make certain players look pretty bad and pace out in front if they don't have legs out in front he's going to win that race yeah. so he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant match for some players to say he's not a good man marker is probably a little bit harsh but it wouldn't be the primary thing you'd focus on when it comes to Keith
1: Higgins I think alright great stuff lads we might mention Dublin a little bit in performance of the weekend Happiness hit her like a train on
0: a I don't really know Jim anymore me and I were like best friends when, when we played you know he's seen the light of Jesus and the uh, I'm still like fighting the devil, you know The are over.
1: so Paddy Power performance the weekend and we said we'd give a mention to Dublin in this section Taakina Sullivan was brilliant what a Ferrari of a player just the first game back after such an absence we know he was with Kilmacud, but wasn't at 100% in that and just to take Aidan O'Shea completely <laughs> out of the game like I mean I've marked him he's just a he, he has you all ends up because of his pace and his strength and his Eagerness and acceptance of just take, happy to take somebody out of a game or man mark them. If he wants to play football, he'll play football. He has it every way. He has a football brain, and he has that instinct to to put you in his pocket if he wants. Um, he was outstanding. Karma Costlow was excellent again, one four. And like I mean, it's interesting. Dean Rock again on the subs bench. Um, and at what point does this become a kick up the arse for Dean Rock or at what point does Dean Rock say Jesus I could be actually dropped here because Karma Costello was excellent I thought the second time was it Higgins he sold the second time for the, for his goal it was yeah, it was Higgins yeah. he burned so like I mean I always find it interesting where you, you go one way and drink back and then you go the other way and defender's not expecting you to jink back exactly the same way the second time and he did that and Higgins fell for the hook, line and sinker but often found that just a simple exact same thing twice (laughs) can actually work isn't it a weird one yeah look uh,
2: Costello's deadly though like he's he's one of the He's just an exciting kind of a player. Yeah. And he's a, he's much more exciting to watch than Dean Rock. Dean Rock is just too perfect, you know. He just does everything so by the book and so well. He's never in a hurry, Dean Rock. No. Yeah.
1: He's more such a such uh he's such an eight out of ten. He's yeah. not he doesn't have any flair in him really. That's what Dean, it, it is yeah. He?
2: Like Costello has flair about a manion has a bit of flair. Yeah. Uh, they're just kind of enjoyable to watch. Um but look, Dublin would be delighted. Um look O'Sullivan was very good. Costello, very, very good, like. Really good, yeah. like, I mean and Getting, getting game time into Kilkenny as well like I mean it's just everything worked out perfectly for Dublin the big guns really. back yeah. the
1: big guns back really this is Dublin at their at taking the game as seriously as they wanted and not just saying we'll take it seriously actually being back fit having their big guns back and just blew Mayo out of the water um, arguably their best player on the night was Evan Comerford Um, penalty save brilliant Um, aggressive kickouts excellent fetching excellent just completely composed and it was a very very rare tweet from him, Fitzmaurice which caught my eye he doesn't tweet all that often I was pretty I was convinced it was a parody (laughs) I wasn't yeah I had to actually click on it to see is this actually somebody pretending to be him, Fitzmaurice Evan Comerford Dublin's best player tonight allowed Dublin to do their thing with the quality of his kickouts and saved penalty now this is very a very interesting line in his tweet and the most the most um, accurate it. first time I've seen him playing like he feels like he belongs rather than as the deputy getting a run out yeah. and like I mean you couldn't have put it any better than that and this incidentally was the first game Cluxton was back actually on the bench and yeah. he got the
0: he got the number one jersey when Cluxton was available to get it. And it would have been the easiest thing in the world just to bring Cluxton back in, like you've yeah. had two weeks break and you have Mayo, you have to win, it, it is Mayo and there's like you know Comforts coming in after a bad game against Kerry you know it would have been so easy to sit down yeah. to sit out and it sort of really showed some metal. like and he did like, he, he owned the place on Saturday night which is the first time I've seen him do that and we've criticised Jim
1: Gavin for this exact thing in that why play Clucks in all the league games give this chap a chance in front of Hill 16 yeah. I remember specifically complaining about this last year that you're not doing him any favours and he's sticking with him this year I don't know what's changed maybe he's thinking maybe Cluxton's told him I have two years left you know <laughs> like yeah. we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but definitely this year has been out of keeping for for uh, with the last six years Yeah, it, ha-
2: years. it has been yeah but look maybe Cluxton might have been on the bench but maybe he's not fully there yet either um, just he's obviously a good guy to have around the camp so look, Comerford probably deserves probably is entitled to have the opportunity to bounce back from what was a mediocre enough performance against Kerry From but look at the end of the day he's a bloody goalkeeper like my criticism of of him the last day would have been that he didn't just put the ball out it was too you know it was too safe playing the ball to yeah. the cornerback too slow not getting him up the field the other day look I'm going to be honest like he's getting a lot of praise but he didn't do anything like the penalty save was a good save he was two yards off his line it was a good save um, and very impressive so he's obviously a good goalkeeper he's a good shot stopper which he would have to be to be at that level but the jury is very much still out on him when the pressure is on there was absolutely no pressure on him the other day I mean he had oceans of room to hit all of his kickouts into and he probably only hit one kickout that I thought was that looked at and said yeah that's a that's an impressive strike of the ball when you compare him to even some of the kickouts that Began and Morgan were doing at the weekend in the other game there's no comparison like these guys have nothing to hit like practically nothing to hit and they are putting it on a lad's chest you know 7 or 8 times out of 10 whereas he has 40, 50 square metres of space and he was popping it into it so I think that the praise of him at the weekend has probably been totally over the top he had a very, very good performance and it was good to see him bounce back from his from the, the bit of a wobble we'd call it against Kerry, although I didn't really think he did too badly. Maybe he had one poor kick out. But he was the one thing you would say about him was he looked like he was playing with more confidence but of course he was playing with confidence because he was under absolutely no pressure in the game they're cruising in
1: well that's a fair comment it's like a corner forward just getting an ocean of ball
2: (laughs) you know you're playing against Kerry the last day you're under pressure the team isn't going well the game is in the melting pot what are you going to do and he didn't he didn't really help his team progress in that match whereas against Mayo everything was nice and easy and comfortable there wasn't a hand been laid on anybody the Dublin midfielders were 5 yards in front of their men ball popped out to them not difficult so my I'd say for me because I have to stick to my guns on this one, the jury is very give much. Give him a still break. Out.
1: Give him a break, Ward. This is the uh, anti-Dublin bias. Yeah. This is a mead, a mead prick. A mead prick <laughs> won't give us any credit. Anti-Dublin bias and
2: get them out of Croke Park as
1: well. <laughs> All right, Connor Madden scored two goals for a Cavan. Martin Riley scored one, three. So they d- definitely deserve a mention. Didn't see. Um, that they obviously beat their bogey team about time they could never beat Ross Common Jesus from division 4 to two of them all the way up in league finals and championship and they can't beat them and they beat them yesterday by three goals um, Donal O'Hare scored a hat-trick and his return to the down team has definitely coincided with their up up uh, turn in fortunes um, Kieran Corrigan scored four points. He was picked at wing back. I'm not sure if he was actually playing there for Fermanagh, but wouldn't be surprised that a wing back is their top scorer, knowing how the Black Death like to set up. Um, we'll be a bit playful with <laughs> Fermanagh with the Black Death. Uh, Peter Hart, lads, he's maligned on this show because. To be honest, which I've said it and I stand by it even now, his goal was sensational. His attempted chip for the goal was a beautiful thing as well. Um, for me, that's what Peter Hart's capable of. For me, in the big games, we don't see that enough and f- the reason I'm critical of him is because we know he's a brilliant player but sometimes I hear uh, Peter Hart mentioned in the same category as maybe a Kilkenny or maybe, you know, a David Moore and a Fenton, like the very top players in the game. And Are you looking me, at me here now when well, you're saying that? Well, no. Well, <laughs> well, I think you're understanding that he flatters to deceive a little bit in the in the very big games that I'd love to see that in last year's all Ireland final for Peter Hart and then from to be able to or in the semi-final against Monaghan both games he was anonymous like he'll get a run through the qualifiers where he might do that I'm being ha- maybe I'm being overly harsh to bring that conversation into this brilliant performance but I'm just trying to maybe give a bit of context to why I, cri- I, I criticise him that's what he can do like that goal was brilliant why are we not seeing that at the top level when Conor Callaghan does it in all Ireland finals do you know what I mean because he does it I don't see Peter Hart doing that um, yeah, I mean, are you
0: holding? Are you holding
1: them to a different standard? I'm like? holding them to the top level players, which I hear him being mentioned in. Now, I t- I have him in the second level, who can be a top level player on a one off basis, but can't can't do it consistently enough to be, you know what I mean, in that very top. Yeah, bracket. Yeah, but
0: is he not a bit different? Like, is he not like a middle third player where he has this little piece of genius and he gets through the lines very well and he you know creates these lovely moments that make people like me drool over? But you know, I don't think he's going to be a kind McManus where he wins ball and puts it over and scores 1-7 every game like you know and yeah, dominate games
1: that way but take a game by the scruff of the neck a, a wing, fo- working wing forward can also take the game by the scruff of the neck like Niall Scully can take the game by the scruff of the neck Brian Howard can like I mean it's not if you want to compare it to the top level players in those positions I'll give you a, you know what I mean I'll give you a few of them he just happened to be playing full forward the other night and, and drifts in and out that's why I'm comparing him to some of the the goal scorers but like yeah. there's very top level Forwards that he can compare to that that consistently do it more than he does.
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, it's fair enough comment in that he maybe hasn't he hasn't delivered his best in in some of the some of the really big games where they've been really tight. But oftentimes they've been in sort of dour enough games or in games where he's his team are quite up against it and there's not much of a platform. He's nearly having to do everything by himself. Um, he came up trumps for them in, in Ulster finals in big games as well kicking some fantastic scores and I think he's been consistently one of Tyrone's top men for the last number of years and I think he'd walk into the Dublin team um, so I, I would rate him extremely highly And but it's very difficult for a, a guy who plays in the Tyrone forwards or, or is trying to provide an attacking impetus for Tyrone to do it on a consistent basis just by virtue of the way they play now they played a lot better at the weekend and they moved the ball a lot quicker and there was more kicking from them at the weekend which certainly helped
1: and the he stayed in full forward for most he, of the game uh, he
2: drifted in and out but they had more of a physical presence because they had, him, they, had uh, they had Peter Hart they had Matty Donnelly and they had Colin McShane that were kind of their three furthest players up the pitch most really? often right. which meant that they had the ability to kick from kick from Morgan was coming out of his half back line and drilling ball forward on occasion to them so that meant that they had that out ball what you were saying giving them a bit of a platform and causing causing Monaghan problems up front Peter Hart was really really good a special mention as well for Conor McManus who was mm. absolutely ridiculously good as well at the weekend I mean he kicked three or four just phenomenal phenomenal scores and you'd I mean where would Monaghan be without Conor McManus at the weekend absolutely nowhere Right. Like so,
1: were. so we're actually that's interesting that They've moved two of the runners from the half forward line into the full forward line with Donnelly and Hart and yeah. McShane, who comes out a lot. Well so like I mean, that would be a clear difference from Toronto. I'd be very interested in that because, I, I th- like this is what we're trying to say. Well on what the we podcast were saying was,
2: what I've said on a number of occasions, that is that they need more of a physical presence up front. Yeah. And when you have Maddie Donnelly, McShane, and Hart up there, that's physical presence. It's power. It's pace. It's scoring ability. Ability to break tackles. I mean, they'd be very hard to stop the three of them in tandem yeah. if they were able to give them a platform. Yeah. Now,
1: and Sludden has the pace to get up and support Sludden,
2: them. Sludden, McGeary, Myler came on. Like, they they still, Tierney McCann, they still do have legs in that middle third. Brian Kennedy played midfield for them for most of the game and he was he was very good. I haven't seen much of him before, but he's a massive, massive man and he looked like he had was well able to cover the ground as well. So, look, there's no doubt that there's... Tyrone have a lot of the right ingredients uh, when they're able when they put it together. It's just that they haven't been putting it together so far this season, and that's always a concern because when they don't play well and when they have when they don't have those guys further up the pitch they just tend to play this boring running game and it kind of gets them no, nowhere against really top class opposition
1: yeah okay brilliant stuff uh, Rob Henley six saves so he's clearly James Horns' first choice ahead of Clark I thought he was excellent obviously without him it would have been a humiliation for Mayo there's no doubt about that some of the saves are really really good um, you know, and he's favoured for his variety of kickout over Clark, so he deserves a little bit of credit as well. Um, performance of the weekend, I'm, I'm, geez, you, you've sw- you've swayed me here, Keen. Evan Comerford was going to get it. Well, um, even, even
2: if you look at say, uh, the the options that <laughs> that Henley had versus what Comerford had in kickouts, yeah. there's no comparison, and I think that Dublin and Mayo both won the same amount of their own kickouts. Yeah stand to be corrected on that because I'm not great stats man I
1: didn't see those stats now I'm going to give it to Peter Hart because he's been maligned on the show I want to see more I want to see more from Peter Hart I just want to see that level of performance and not all the time that's impossible and I do take your point in the system he's in it's difficult because you're meeting another wall you're giving the other team a wall the other end usually but at the same time we have seen players in that, mi- he's done it. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. if he does it against some teams, and you say, "Well, it's difficult to the system he's playing," and it's the same system against one as it is, you know what I mean, well, I against think, another. Think, so, I like,
2: think, I mean, I think your criticism is not having performed brilliantly against Dublin is probably the main. One. That's what kind of well he went. Out, he, well, he know. was
1: completely anonymous in that, and against Monaghan in the semi-final, and the semi-final the year before against Dublin the year before. I know that fair enough with Dublin, but like, I mean, Dublin are uh, kind of outliers. But I don't know any of these big games, and I do take your point in that Ulster final he scored that absolute screamer at the end but I don't remember him being unbelievable in that game outside scored of that three
0: in that second half
1: playing a brilliant diagonal ball as well in yeah. That. yeah, so maybe a second half in that anyways look listen um, don't Peter let Hart. the truth get in the way of a good argument <laughs> anyway. Peter Hart just to show I don't have bias against you you're getting your Paddy Power <laughs> lucky pants right that's always time for we're back on Thursday and we'll definitely have the loud manager lads um, we just have to try and uh, track this fella down right we'll talk to you then good luck mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're, both of them are keen to, to you now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put him back in their f***ing asses for ten
1: years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.pattypower.com.